0: You know, there's been this discussion about, about retirement, about the age of retirement. Should it be raised from uh, from 65 to 70? Probably will happen, won't it? It's a matter of when. But where do we rate internationally? Uh, how do we compare with other countries as to where the age of retirement is what's the ideal age of retirement should there even be one or should there just be a sort of a general of uh, a sort of a gradual phasing out of work from full-time to part-time to a bit less who should the pension cover you know aging population baby boomers getting older etc well everyone getting older every day uh how should we how should we sort of uh, how should we cover these issues how should we answer these questions we're uh, joined by dr mike rafferty Sydney University researcher and economist. So our age of retirement officially is now sixty-five. How does that compare to the rest of the uh, rest of the world?
1: Well, it is, at the moment, it's slightly above average. I mean, um, across the OECD, that's the developed economies. Um, it's currently running at about sixty-three. Of course, it depends on gender. Um, males tend to have an official retirement age higher than women, um, but but. Currently, we're slightly above average and heading, of course, with this new announcement, we're heading uh, to be quite a bit above average.
0: So why do males have an average retirement age above women, given that males live uh, less long than females on average?
1: Well, I think it was—it goes back to that old male breadwinner model of, of um, work. And that um, So the labour market sort of determined your retirement age and the expectation was that the male would be the principal breadwinner. Uh-huh. Uh, and therefore, they were the ones who were expected to work uh, until what you know. So, in a sense, the official retirement age was much more binding for men than for women.
0: What sort of what sort of countries have have you know relatively low average uh, low retirement ages?
1: Well, the the lowest tend to be countries like Korea, Chile, and Turkey. Um, but however, that's that's another thing that sort of throws up surprises that. Co- Countries can have low official retirement ages and actually have quite high effective retirement ages. In other words, because their their social services are quite low for people that retire, unless you're self-funded, ah, yes. you have to continue to work. So many people, like so for instance in Chile, the average the official retirement age can be 60 for women, 65 for men, but actually they can be working on until nearly 70. So,
0: so I suppose we I suppose we better go back at step and define our terms. How would you define official retirement age?
1: Well, there is an official retirement age, which is the time at which you're entitled to access the publicly provided pension. Mm. Uh, But of course, there's many ways to to, um, fund your retirement. Um, The age pension, which we would consider, is only one of
0: those. Yes, yes. So, So every country would have an official age. You can't get the pension until you are X, and presumably super as well.
1: That's right. Well, Australia's in, a, if I can use the word, we we've been reinventing retirement at a much more sort of rapid rate than many other countries. So mandatory superannuation, like the Australian system, is actually something that we've got quite used to. But it's actually a um, quite a radical departure from the way people have, uh, tend to fund their retirement, and we're we're in the middle of that. Sort of revolution in retirement financing.
0: Oh, I see. So many other countries, what they don't have super or it's voluntary.
1: That's right. They either have voluntary or the age pension is their main pillar for, yeah. for funding retirement. So yeah, we we moved early, very early, in you know in the mid '80s and then officially in the '90s. So we've got sort of two things happening that are that are quite radical. One, we're lifting our retirement age way above the average and secondly we've also got this sort of second support uh, to the age pension
0: so whatever i've heard you know over the last 20 or 30 years we've got to do this with super we've got to do this with retirement age the so justification usually is because you know crisis baby boomers are getting older and uh uh we won't be able to afford it and you know the the, the uh there just won't be enough money for everyone crisis crisis we've got to do it australia is a relatively well off country we're uh, certainly well off more well off than a lot of other countries that perhaps aren't doing as much uh, are those other countries just heading for a, a big shock that are utterly unprepared for or alternatively is this sense of crisis perhaps not as great as uh, as as we might might have been told
1: look look until um until the the 90s um, the average age of retirement was going downwards officially <clears throat> and the average of course people were living longer so there was a gap starting to open up and then the world bank launched this Quite famous report now called "Averting the Old Age Crisis" in the early 90s, and the idea there was to sort of yeah create a sense of crisis and ram through some policy changes. It was actually roundly condemned by leading economists, including Nobel Prize winners, and they sort of backed off that. And uh, but but this sort of sense of looming demographic crisis seems to be shaping our discussions and debates. And it's a bit of a shame because actually, if you look at Australia, our age pension system is very, very modest in um, global terms. And one of the reasons for that is that, let's call it for want of a better word, a little social settlement after the Second World War. It included things like people were able to get access to home ownership. So if you retire and you own your own home, you actually can live on quite modest amounts of money. Um so our age pension sort of geared around that and so it's quite a modest one and it's relatively affordable and even treasury in its sort of more sober times will tell you that story.
0: So other countries then would I be right spend it sounds like they must spend a higher percentage of government revenues on on the mm. pension or the equivalent?
1: Yes they do and part of that is because In many European countries, for instance, um, many more people are in in rental accommodation. So, of course, if you retire and you're renting, Mm. you're going to need quite a bit more income. So, look, our system has worked quite well. And I I, I sort of despair at public policy that just continues to use crisis, whether it's about refugees or ageing or fiscal crisis. I mean... um, you know, we do currently have. We've gone through a bit of a recession, and the, there are some fiscal issues. But with, with retirement, we're dealing with a very long-term issue, and to yeah. try and confuse the two, I think is is a bit silly. And you know what? We've got lots of choices as a rich country, as you've said. We've got a lot of choices about what we do with our wealth. It may be that we decide: look, people can work a bit longer. But in that case, what if, if you know? If you think about taking the retirement age up by two years, that's equivalent of about an hour a week. We already work long working hours. So, you know, if we were going to sort of think about increasing retirement age, we could think of all sorts of other things that we might do. You know, you might allow people to have a year or two off when they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s. So we could do all sorts of things if we wanted to. Um, but, but sort of the idea that, oh, we're living longer. Here's the way we're going to pay that social dividend. You can work longer. That seems to be a pretty narrow view of, of a life, doesn't it?
0: Are you aware of what percentage of, of government expenditure is on the old age pension?
1: It's about, I think, roughly. It depends on how you you, you sort of calculate it, of course, because we spend an enormous amount subsidizing superannuation. Uh, but yes. if, you strip, if you strip that away, which is actually about the equivalent of the age pension cost anyway, it's about... 5 to 6%, depending on how you calculate. So it's actually not a huge part of the budget. I mean, it is going to get bigger, of course, as people get older. But then again, you've got the, um, the thing that we've moved into towards superannuation, which will start also um, affecting people's entitlement to the age pension. So, look, we've got an affordable system, mm. and I think it's a bit silly to just sort of focus on one little thing and say that's the solution to a short-term crisis. Um, you know, but, but,
0: but there is some merit in the idea, though, isn't there? That 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 if we are living uh, to a, to a, to a greater age, and the average life expectancy is creeping up and up, mm. that that we should be sort of funded, paid not to work for a. Uh, uh, only when we reach the the point where we can't, and, and seventy isn't seventy anymore. Seventy used to be, oh, you're an old man or you're an old woman. Now it's uh, well, I know a lot of I know a number of seventy year olds who wouldn't um, wouldn't consider themselves old and sort of bounding around doing all sorts of things, including work.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you go back though, it was there was an idea that when you retired, it was sort of like, look, you've been in the workforce, you've sort of paid for yourself, and have some time off. To enjoy yourself, um, granted that people are going to live a lot longer than that, and um, but but I guess the question is what we, we should start then thinking about what an amazing achievement that we've got such a, a healthy and wealthy country. Yeah, and then the question is what do we do with that now? If the answer is simply well, guess what, work longer, that seems to be a fairly narrow vision of of a world. Yeah, which right. We've actually become wealthier than our our parents and grandparents mm. would ever imagine we could have been.
0: So what 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 are a couple of things you think we should do?
1: Well, I think, look, I mean, some of the things that, that obviously stand out would be that there are times when people... You know, for instance, we've got this amazingly big superannuation savings system going on, yet people graduate with hex debt, then they've got massive debt, so we've got this savings system which is geared towards one single endpoint retirement. I mean, we could actually have... We could turn superannuation into a sort of lifetime savings account, which you can dip into, pay off some debt. Um, we also should think about maybe having allowances for people to have paid time off, which wouldn't be retirement, but let's say you need a year off for um, re- retraining or something like that in which you're not seen as unemployed, but you can do things that are yeah, good for right. society. So there's all sorts of things we can do while you're young, when you're older. um you know we can balance out that sort of you know let's say that longevity that we've got, and mm. so you may want to work longer, but you then can have time off during it. So there's all sorts of things we could do with that sort of, you know, you might say it's the social dividend of being wealthier
0: and healthier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for that. Very good to talk to you, Michael.
1: No, you're welcome, James.
0: Uh, that was, um, uh, you're on ABC Local Radio, and that was Dr. Michael uh, Rafferty, who's uh, uh, an economist at the University of Sydney, talking about the uh, a- the age of retirement and and what we should do about it, what we should do with it, I suppose.